Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is... Sea Otter Cooper. Sea Otter? Yeah. Sea Otter Cooper. Sea Otter Cooper. What song? You like it? It has has a uh, nice ring to it, but I don't understand what it has to do with the movie we're talking about. Is there an otter in this movie? Yes. Oh, you're you're right, there is. For one, there is an otter, and for two, I just looked up, like... Sea otter seems kind of redundant, though. Well, add a star with an S. Okay. And it was funny because I looked up animals that start with S. Well, joining me as always is Solomon Cooper, and we're going to be discussing... Bro, cut me off. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy 3. The finale of James Gunn's Guardians series. And the finale of his Marvel life. Yep. At least for now. Forever. But... It probably is his last his last Marvel movie. So uh, everybody kind of knows what Guardians of the Galaxy is about. We will have Solomon give a, a plot synopsis in a second. But before we do that, uh, let's just do a quick walk down memory road. Lane. Nope, I, don't, I hate memory lane. I only go down memory oh. road. Okay, Dad. Sometimes memory highway or boulevard. <laughs> okay. So, I like the highway personally. So, uh, Guardians One comes out. Do you remember going to see that at the theater? It's because it's been a while. We all went and saw it. It was actually yes. it was one of the last movies we saw with like everyone in the family. It was like all of our cousins were there, grandparents, my parents. I don't remember that part. Meanwhile, Joanne was there. Don't remember it. But you remember seeing it at the theater? Mm hmm. Okay, and you're going to elaborate, or you're just going to like say, mm hmm. I yeah. just remember seeing a big screen and then watching that movie. And, and seeing Ronan explode. And having feelings. Any feelings about the movie? I had no feelings whatsoever. I sat there like a brick. <laughs> I feel like a brick. You Mentally. You are. Thank mentally you. like a brick. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, are you not going to elaborate? The whole point of this is so we can express our feelings about each of the Guardians movies. Oh, I really, really loved it. It was really fun. I thought it was really funny and had a unique spin on the Marvel movies. It felt uniquely itself and not like just like cringe quips um, that aren't really that funny. The way you're talking sounds like someone has taken you hostage and you're reading off a piece of paper (laughs) while they're about to saw your head off. It was really funny. It though. was really good. I did like it. It was genuinely funny, and I did enjoy 
all the aspects of the said movie. So yeah, Guardians one absolutely loved it. I was like most people, everybody, like there's nothing unique about us loving the movie. You know what I mean? Everyone loves that movie. Yeah, everyone loved it. Um, you're a loser. Yeah, who's like, oh, I don't like movies. Yeah. Or oh, I don't like the Marvel movies because they're so mainstream. But I mean, that's g- not why. Really, Guardians slipped past even those people's defenses because it didn't feel like a normal Marvel movie. It wasn't other than like the Thanos stuff. It wasn't like trying to force itself into another franchise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <sighs> Getting a stretch. Uh, in then Guardians two came out. I do not remember that movie. Maybe it was maybe it was a combination of um, expectations and a bit of Marvel fatigue kind of setting in at that point. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. I actively didn't like that movie. I did like it. I remember liking it, but I don't remember. I don't really remember it very well. I'm. I was so upset that I didn't like it too because you have Kurt Russell playing Ego, the Living Planet. Oh yeah, who's like his dad. Mm-hmm. I should have loved that. But Baby the, Groot was in it. That was funny. Baby Groot was we in it. Baby Groot. Yeah. But something about it just didn't work. The humor wasn't funny to me. I felt like the jokes, I don't remember laughing at all. And then the ending fight, even though it's supposed to be really sad because he realizes that Yondu was more of a dad than his real dad, Ego, was. But the fight was just one of those CGI kind of fights that I hate where it's just like them fighting a bunch of tentacles and, you know what I mean, CGI rocks and whatever. Yeah. So even though Yondu sacrifices himself to save Peter, it just was, didn't mean anything to me at all. Um, and, and then the Christmas special. The Christmas special. I'm glad you remembered because that is canon and mm-hmm. important to this to the to the to the series. Yeah. So I don't remember in the Christmas special how or why or when they reveal that Mantis is Peter's sister. That was in the second movie. That's what I thought, but my friend said that it was in the Christmas special. Maybe it was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, apparently it was. Uh, Anyway, so that brings us to Guardians 3. Um, I thought it looked pretty good. we didn't even discuss the Christmas special. The Christmas special is a nothing sandwich. That's not true. We've... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fun, but yeah, like it was really fun. We we really liked that they kidnap Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, and it was just a fun, good time. We've been saying our feelings about all the other things. Why can't we tell, say our feelings about this thing? Okay, we watched it on Christmas, and we were so happy. I think we watched it multiple times. I did not. Did you? Did you not go to the Christmas party with uh, that? What? Um, I don't want to just be saying people's names if they don't want to be on this podcast. But uh, Brian Hill's Christmas party. I didn't. Brian Hill of the Resistors. Yes. Um. Yeah. He had a what's it called party, and I really wanted to go, but I was absent. For I had to go somewhere, I believe. Yeah. Well, I don't think he'll be upset about us dropping the na- his name or the band's name on this podcast, since he did come see us perform this podcast live. He did. He did. So you didn't go to the Christmas party though. No. Oh well, we watched it, was like it again a solstice there. Festival. Yeah, the Winter Solstice Festival. Yeah. yeah. Well, we watched it again there. Oh, that's fun. Good for you. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they kidnap Kevin Bacon. There's a bunch of jokes. Blah blah blah. The end. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. But I will say that even though I enjoyed that Christmas special, it did not seem. It didn't give me a huge amount of hope for Guardians Three, specifically because Chris Pratt seemed so incredibly bored. 
of being there. Like I like the whole thing with Guardians One is that Chris Pratt's presence was like so charming and funny and you know what I mean? Yeah. And he carried that for a long time. But then he started doing all these other blockbusters, and I don't think he's ever done particularly well in them. And I'm not one of those people who now has joined this new train of hate. Yeah. Like it's like Chris he's like Chris Pratt got really so popular that then then everyone turned against him, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Because he was in everything. But quite frankly, you know, whether it's the sci-fi movies that he's done for like Amazon or Netflix or Mario movie. No, I'm not going to use the Mario movies as an example. I was going to say like Jurassic World. Like he's just a oh, non-presence in those movies. Oh, you're saying mean things. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something nice. Nope. Okay. That's fair. And I like, it's like it, they flattened everything about him that was charming when he has to play these other action hero roles. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying this is what they that's just what they're fantastic with him to do. Oh my god! They cast you, him to do your energy level is like at what do you sub, mean, father? It's like sub zero. I am up and ready to go. Let's get it. Anyway, we're, we're eight minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the movie we're talking about. So let's cut through all the rabbit holes that we just went down, and let's go straight to Guardians Three. Volume the three. finale of the Guardians as we know them, mm-hmm. probably for most of the actors. Um, Unfortunately, are you just yawning openly into the microphone? That's that's really where, where the point that we're at right now. You're really being annoying. How much you they wouldn't were, have you known? Were, you were talking like you're, this is on video. Yeah, but they wouldn't have known because I was behind my microphone doing this. I, I could literally hear you go. Uh, oh, I did not do that. <laughs> Anyway, Guardians 3, Solomon's obviously very keen and eager and excited to talk about it. Why don't you give us a quick plot synopsis of this movie? Come on. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Good. You're being so mean and annoying. I hope you get annoyed. That will be something. It's not, but I don't want to feel annoyed. I want to feel good. And I can't give a plot synopsis of this movie. It's too hard. I'm too tired. See? Not tired. Too tired of your crap. Let's go. I want a plot synopsis, and I want one stat. Okay. Um, Rocket is the is important, and there's this oh, dude. Oh, this is the worst. This Let me is tell so you guys, already the there worst. There is this dude. I don't remember his name. Oh, God. It's even worse <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and, he, and he's going to change the world by creating new species that are uh, better, the perfect species. Um, better than humans, better than anything. And uh, that's what he feels like it is his duty to do. And we got to stop him. The end. That was not a plot synopsis. <laughs> like, literally wasn't a plot synopsis at all. Uh, a very easy plot synopsis would be Rocket gets injured at the beginning of the movie, and due to the way that he was designed, um, the team has to go on an epic journey to find the key they need to to bring him back to life. That was not the same as what I said. Nope, but it is <laughs> the plot were, of they, it is what the plot of the movie is. They were uh, we were close though. They're kind of similar. They I, I could see some overlap. Also, whenever you were saying that you didn't know um who the what the guy's name was, I thought you were talking about Adam Warlock. I wasn't. I know. I figured that out. The bad guy, the big bad guy. But do you not remember it either? 
because um yeah i um, they call it like the grand evolutionary or something like that yeah, yeah. high evolutionary yeah yeah so we got we got it i think that was a really good good teamwork there we got some like some good like we worked together to do that one yeah yeah. I mean, you actively worked against the process, and I came in and fixed it. So no, I think we really had some like baton pass style. And I would say in this situation, you were the iceberg and the Titanic, and I was the time machine that came and fixed it all from half ever happening. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a really weird analogy. All right, so 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 guardians. So yeah, so uh, uh, let's get the. Uh, Big golden elephant in the room out of the way up front. Guardians teased Adam Warlock in the end of Guardians 2. They made a big deal about it. Adam Warlock in the comics is a very important character. Mm -hmm. And people were really excited about seeing him. And then James Gunn got fired from Marvel. Oof. And went in over to DC and worked on Suicide Squad and peacemaker show so guardians 3 kind of got pushed back and while that happened a lot of other things happened in the marvel universe you know what i mean yeah so by the time they get back to guardians 2 the way that they were planning on using sorry guardians 3 the things that they were planning on using adam warlock for or how they were going to use him and kind of pretty much evaporated but they still had to use him they felt like because they already had teased him. Well, of course. And so I didn't have a problem with how they used him, but he definitely feels shoehorned into the movie for a character that's that big in the comics. Um, but for folks who are big Adam Warlock fans, this is not your daddy's Adam Warlock. Your daddy's Adam Warlock? Nope. Is that a term that people say? This ain't Grandpappy's Adam Warlock. This Adam Warlock is kind of a bumbling imbecile. Yeah. Petulant man-child. Well, he's, he's like just created, so he's like, a, he's like still an innocent baby. But Adam Warlock in the comics is like kind of like a genius. Well, yeah, but he's an innocent baby right now. Yeah, well. So soon he'll be a genius. Um, but yes, so the movie opens with an attack on the Guardians by Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, which severely injures Rocket. And like I said in my synopsis, they realized that whoever it was that created Rocket, you know what I mean, did all the experiments on him to make him a sentient raccoon. Yeah. Um, it, it they like, installed a like device in him that, that will not allow them to like... Do any surgery. Do any surgery or whatever, or else he'll die. Yeah, so you get a key to... Yeah. To unlock that. Um, also... This is something that I know I'm going to sound really dumb. But so Gamora's back in this. Yes, she is. And I don't remember when they brought her back. In this movie? In general. When did she come back? She's already came back. Huh? Endgame. She comes back in Endgame? Yes. Okay, that's. I thought there was something like that that was really stupid. That I didn't remember. But when, when did she come back in Endgame? That was really stupid that I didn't remember it. Not that it's stupid that it happened. Okay. Um... Yeah, that is really cringe of you. Um, yeah, she came back because they all went back in time, and then like they needed her for something or something like that, or no, because Thanos, because Thanos came back, came to the future, mm-hmm. because they were like they he knows everything, and then so took his children with him. I guess that didn't seem very convincing. 
Yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but it does happen in Endgame, and that's all that matters. Okay, so when they do that time traveling stuff, that's where they grab a Gamora from the past and like pull her with them. Yes. Okay. Somehow, someone does. All right. Well, um, yeah. So Gamora's back, but it's not the same Gamora, and they do a great job, I think, with that. But uh, we need to take a quick break, and we'll jump right back into it. Ooh, oh yeah. Let's get. Let's wait. Let's get a break. I will be. We'll see in a little bit, guys. And we're gonna get some good talking in. And, and now, now a word, word from, from our, our sponsors. sponsors. Welcome back to the Kids Days in the Podcast and our discussion of Guardians in the Galaxy, Volume 3. Guardians in the Galaxy? In the Galaxy. It's not Guardians in the Galaxy. In the Galaxy. No, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's not Guardians and the Galaxy? No, the Guardians aren't hanging out with the Galaxy <laughs> going on adventures. You're right, I did misspeak. All right, so um, we were talking about Gamora. And how we really liked how she was done. Yes. So character development wise. Here's here's this is there's a lot of bold choices going on in this movie for a blockbuster. I want to be really, really clear. This is not some kind of like little indie darling. I understand that. But for a big Marvel blockbuster, and Marvel's kind of been stagnating for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's some big swings in this. Maybe some of them don't work for some people. Most of them worked for me. But my favorite was that. I was really concerned that this movie was just going to be a rehash of Guardians 1 of Gamora and Peter having the same kind of banter while they slowly fall in love with each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead, this is a movie where Peter is just having to accept the fact that this is not the same Gamora. She didn't have the same experiences and your life experiences determine who you are. Yes. And she's not in love with him and that she's not going to be in love with him. You know what I mean? He basically is like having to let go of her. It's very, very sad. As a person. Um, and then, yes, we do have like, some kind of familiar beats of Gamora learning to like trust them, but it's not in the same way at all. No. So I really appreciated that. But yeah, they didn't, they didn't just do what exa like exactly the same thing. They, they just made it be sad. Yeah. And they allowed it to be normal. Yeah, they, they gave a lot of emotional arcs to the core cast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, the tones in this movie switch very rapidly. And some people have said, like, oh, gave us tonal whiplash or, you know what I mean? It, it's not held together very well. I I don't agree with that because you need to have the the funny charm of the Guardians, right? That's been, like, a signature of the franchise. Of course. But they are trying to get into some deeper stuff with these characters. Yeah. And I thought it worked really well. But if you think about it, there's some effed up stuff in this movie. Oh, so much sad things. I mean, horrible. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give a shout out, I guess, to the pitch meeting guys because they straight up made this exact same, like, commentary. Guy, yeah. Guy, yes. Um, But... They were like, oh, you're going to hate this villain so much. You're going to hate him like immediately. He's like, oh, how how are you going to make us do that? And then he's like, well, see this little picture of a puppy I just drew? Now I'm just going to punch it. I'm going <laughs> to punch it in the face. And he's like, oh, I do hate you. But that really, I mean, we the villain in this movie, like, it's, if you, I didn't think about it while I was watching it, but after, you know, sitting on it for a couple of days, if you really think about it, the villain of this movie literally shoots a baby bunny rabbit. Can you think of like a, like a more 
over-the-top way of making somebody evil? <laughs> no. That's so true. They, they, it, she shoots... And it's not like just a random rabbit where it's like kind of funny. It's like a character in the movie that's like a baby bunny rabbit. And a sea otter. Wait, we're going to get to that, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very weird, actually. You're so right. Yeah, it's like so over the top. Although it would be really, really funny if he did just shoot a random bunny that was hopping across the... <laughs> that's the thing, though. That would be funny. Yeah. It was not funny in this. It was not. It was horribly sad. So, yeah, the, the movie alternates between um, what some people have called a Book of Boa Fett syndrome, which is oh. constantly flashing back to someone's past. This is not while they're in a coma. I don't think it's I think it's far too mean to call anything Book of Boba Fett syndrome. But yes, I, I agree. True. They were saying structurally and they were yeah. saying that the difference is. And we probably wouldn't have felt the same way about Book of Boba Fett had those flashbacks been interesting. Mm -hmm. Here they are. So it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's mostly about Rocket's past, how he was created, and his time with the high evolutionary who was trying to make, you know, perfect beings or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we've spent a lot of time with Rocket and these three other animal friends that he has that are all imprisoned, who all have been given sentience, you know, by the high evolutionary. Yes. And while we know Rocket's process and procedures that they did to make him be able to walk around and whatever were pretty horrendous, these other animals were obviously early prototypes. So they are, in different ways, kind of grotesque. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, they make you feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, you like feel bad. Like they, they, they had him because with Rocket, you they you need him to just look like a raccoon that walks around and talks, right? Yeah. But with these other animals, they needed you to see how horrible the experiments that were being done on them were. Yeah. Just at first glance, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I feel like I'm the one who's like dominating this conversation. So, do you oh, want to like talk about those animals and like? Uh, their your mic. personalities. Yeah, I know. We'll move it forward. No, I like it right there. We'll fix it. No, I love it right where it is. <laughs> okay. Continue what were you saying? You're at you're you're saying a question. No, I was just gonna ask you to like go walk us through like this relationship they have with these this core group of animals. Yeah. And like who they are, you know. So I'll just I'll just describe some of them to you so you can understand like where because you obviously because these are, end up being like Rocket's like best friends, obviously, because they're yeah. like the only people we can, the, the people, people uh, that he gets to hang out with. And, um, but so you obviously feel, I keep saying obviously. So you, they, they do want you to feel like very, like connected to them and like you love them just as much as Rocket does. But yeah, there is like a walrus in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. a bunny rabbit with s robot spider legs. It all looks and like a face mask thing. Yeah, and uh, an otter with robot legs, and it all looks like, and it makes you feel exactly like how, and what Sid did in to the Toy Story movie. Oh yeah, I feel like it's a straight riff of Toy Story. Yeah, it's exactly like that, and I just now thought of that. And um, really, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. So yeah, it was just it's it's all very very weird and uncomfortable feeling. Um, yeah, they definitely like. It, it, you feel exactly how you felt when you first watched Toy Story 1 and those the toys 
come out from under Sid's bed and they're like scary looking yeah. and creepy. And they made me feel that that movie made me feel sick when I first watched it. Toy Story? Mm-hmm. It made me feel so sad and uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens in here. But then you like you're gonna love these characters and they're t- they're talking about their they they, they name they themselves. they gave themselves names because they only had like serial numbers or whatever. Yeah, so it's Rocket because he wanted to fly away. Mm-hmm. Floor. Yeah, because the bunny rabbit is a baby and she just saw the floor, <laughs> so she named herself that. Um, there was what was this the walrus's name? Toofs. Toof Teefs. Toofs. It was Teefs. If I look it up and it's not Toofs. If I look it up, hang on. Who, who's gonna get what? What am I going to get whenever I look it up? I get $5. You get to thump me in the face. In the nose. In the nose. All, live on the air. It's fine. Okay. But you're going to give me $5 live on the air, yep. right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Keep I'll, going. Keep going. Keep describing them. Um, And then what was the other girl's name? The otter's name? It was like Lily or something. Layla. Layla? Mm-hmm. Lila. Lilac. Bro, you don't even know anything. It might not be that one. I'm not going to I'm not gonna bet on that one, though. Um. So, yeah. Then it's, it's, it's a, Lila, as I said. Oh, that you said Leela. I said Lila. Did it? You said Layla, actually. I said Layla. Yeah. But I was saying like no, I was saying Lila, but in a country accent. <laughs> Layla. It's like Lila. I did not realize that was Linda Cardinelli. That's really cool. That's awesome. Um Yeah, and then it's just really sweet to watch them and be all excited for their 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 they're all just so happy to be like sentient and just find people that they they know and like and they're all just really friends it's just super sweet to watch them do this but obviously there's a but and it's really sad because they they trust the high evolutionary somewhat even though they know they've been experimented on and whatnot they still believe in the cause of all of us becoming and going on to the the new planet of of people but the high evolutionary uh, does not like them because they're just an experiment. And uh, Rocket finds this out whenever the new experiment works out. And then they make octopus people who are just people with basically an octopus head. And it's really weird. Like one of those hats that you get at the uh, the fair. Mm-hmm. It just it just looks like that, but a realistic one. Did you find out the name? I'm, I'm, I, I'm waiting. You're waiting to tell me? Mm-hmm. Well, I would like you to tell me now. It's Teefs. Okay, that's exactly what I thought. $5 live on the air. Gosh, I don't have $5 you on Venmo. me. You Venmo. The thump was happening live on the air. Nobody needs to hear me Venmo you. Yeah, I want to hear the notification, and then I'll read it out loud. Although, I need you, we, we should continue talking about the movie first. Yeah, yeah, we're almost out of time. We only have four minutes. We're what? not even close to being done. The plot, we're going to have to rush. All right, tell Go. I already did. I just told. I just but did you, so you went through their life cycle. What happens to I all of them? I didn't finish. Well, they get shot. Yes. All of them. All of Rocket's friends get shot. And the only reason Rocket doesn't get shot is because he knows just that, that he's a genius, a super duper genius. But he needs, but he needs his revenge because yes. they're all trying to escape. But that I think that's honestly like, like. Forget about Bambi's mom dying. Forget about the Scar killing Mufasa and the Lion King. Like, yes, those are all traumatizing things. And I'm not saying this does not belong in a kid's movie. Kids need a bit of a fictional trauma in their lives. Amen. Um, I hate whenever movies that are for families or for for 
you know, all ages or whatever, sand off any rough edges of a movie. But watching three adorable, handicapped, <laughs> talking animals yeah, the get their faces blown off is... They get blown st- off. That's so much work around. You know what I mean? I'm just saying... That was like, you got, like, that, you are really just reaching right into the old chest. That was the saddest thing in the whole entire world. And and everyone knows it's like a it's like a joke that, like, no one can, like, whenever you're watching a horror movie and the dog dies, everyone cries way before any of the humans do. Right. And they were just like, mm-hmm, that's exactly yep. what we're doing. We're going to triple down on that. Yes. And, it, gosh, it was so sad. Uh, so, some, of the, some of the critics that have been, like, ragging on this movie have been like, the movie just has these scenes of animal abuse that are just egregious. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. That's what I say to them. I invite them critics over to my house, and then I kick them out just so I can say, get, get out of here. here. You're fired. Um, but anyway, honestly, that's like the main core of the movie because the rest of the movie is kind of a shaggy, uh, you know, galaxy spanning little adventure of the rest of the team going to all these different places to, for this company, this corporation that the high evolutionary owns trying to get this key so they can actually save rocket's life. Yes. So in a weird way, it's rocket's story and he is the primary. He's like the protagonist. Yeah. Of the movie, but he's kind of sidelined from the whole rest of the adventure. Cause he's in a coma. You yeah. know what I mean? It was very weird. So it's like he's starring in his own little mini movie about his past, but he's not with the Guardians for most of the time. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of fun little adventures they go on. But like, you know, this podcast is not about just going through uh, the plot of a movie moment by moment. So I'm not really upset about that fact that we focus where we did. But he, there are fun little moments. There's a great Nathan Fillion cameo. Um, and, oh, I was going to tell you, so I don't know if you know who Judy Greer is. I do. You do? Yeah, she's in um, she's in Arrested, De- in Arrested Development. Yeah. Yeah, in Archer, yeah, she's the secretary. Yeah. Yeah, she was the war pig. Are you for real? Yeah. That's who that was? Yep. That is so funny. Um, But, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot, the action. Judy Greer was Archer's mom. Oh, my God. No. Not. Not Archer's mom? Nope. Okay. Um. Anyway, the point is, all that stuff that happens is is fun, and they're great set pieces. The action is, I mean, James Gunn is not phoning this in, you know what I mean? He's putting his signature style on it to where it's cool, it's kind of gross, and it's, like, so well choreographed. I think there's one part where a camera, like, goes into a hole that someone shot into someone's stomach, you know what I mean? Like, goes through it. Yeah. Um. So, I just really love this as a as a finale for this for this trilogy that yeah, everybody got their emotional beats the team for the most part disbands yeah um and also a lot of got to see a lot more of cosmo who i absolutely love, love cosmo um but yeah i would say i'm gonna i would easily easily i'm i'm gonna give it a bonus point for actually capping off a trilogy in a positive way um so normally i'd probably give this like eight but i'm gonna give this uh you know Nine, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten what? Uh, galaxies? I don't know. 
moon rocks, animal paws. That's what we always do. Well, I I feel like I'm the goof. I didn't feel like doing it. We're a minute over time, so you better give it your rating. All right, I'm going to do 67 out of 67 um, animal abuse. (laughs) Anti-animal abuse. Pitas. (laughs) (laughs) So you give it a 10. 10 out of 10. I give it a 67 out of 67. That's a 10 out of 10. All right, until next time, that's our show. Uh, check out Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's at theaters now. If you haven't already, haven't already, or go see it again, <laughs> bro. Yeah, uh, this was good. Bye, guys. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.